All right, I'm sorry again that we have been void of the regular Bible studies for a little bit now. I really wanted to hit a consistent pace with those, and I know I fell back. But things have been crazy, and it wasn't necessarily all my fault. No, it really wasn't. <laughs> so, but we're finally going to be back with it. But this one's going to be a little bit different, I think, actually, in the way that we've done the ones in the past. Only because part of the reason why I ha we haven't done any Bible studies is because I've been dealing with this um, apostasy stuff mm -hmm. and, you know, this false teacher stuff. So that's definitely apparently kind of, it's a really big deal. Yeah, which is cool. I mean, I've I've had a blast with it, but I know it's it's taken away from the Bible study. Mm -hmm. But the more that I think about it, I'm like, now we're in the Book of John, and we're going to be doing the Book of John. And the more that I think about it, I'm like, well, everything that we've been dealing with kind of ultimately revolves around Christ. Yeah. So, well, I mean, everything that we do revolves around Christ. But with the but I mean, it, with the apostasy specifically, specifically yeah. and the teachings of Christ, and because they're teaching and, a false Christ. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So being in John, uh, it's kind of fitting to be able to, uh, after everything that we've mm -hmm. had out. Sure. Okay, well, what does re Jesus really say? What does Jesus really teach? Let's and go to the man himself and see what he so, said. So uh, along with that, um, with with the apostasy stuff, also we're going to get to the kingdom stuff here just naturally. Yep, because <laughs> it goes hand in hand. Because it goes hand in hand. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to do and fit in <clears throat> a little bit of the... This is going to be really confusing if you're here just for the Bible study. So this is going to have to be for our our hardcore people that that listen to everything. No, you come here for the Bible study and get an overall understanding. Yeah, you can get a yeah, but I mean, this is going to be. I, I we've had a lot of questions and stuff recently, and we've been trying to do more on explaining. Well, I would just say then, if you are new to our daily Bible studies, you might be getting a bit more than you right. possibly thought you were signing up for. But we're thankful to have you here. Yeah, and then, but then the theme of the way that I'm going to do this Bible study too is going to be based off of the questions and the understandings Perfect. that people have asked um, about the kingdom and what it, what the heck is it? What, what you're always talking about this? What does it mean? And then um, just kind of also so refuting what false teachers try so to. So if you haven't listened to, I would definitely recommend go listen to our. Anything with apostasy in our recent series and where does apostasy come from? Because he started touching on all of these things in that. So listening to those along with this Bible set will mm -hmm. probably There will be a lot more. It. Yeah, it, it will be real helpful. Mm -hmm. As in the past, you've been able to just kind of just pick any, any one of our Bible studies and jump in and, and read along with us mm -hmm. and study along with us. This one, you might, want to do that. you might want to take those other ones to understand what I'm talking about. And mm -hmm. and you'd be like, well, why is he mentioning this stuff? Well, it's it's because of, of what we've done. So I thought this would be a great place to fit it in. With all of that, go ahead and take a prayer. Take a moment to pray. And then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you, anything we can lift up in prayer provision, counsel, questions, whatever it might be, please reach out to us and let us know. You can go to APHomeChurch.com and all of the everythings, they're all on there. All right. We're using the New Living Translation for if you're new here. 
I know we have a ton of new people lately, which is mm -hmm. awesome. But if you're new here, this, I'm not going to get into a version argument in this, in this study as well. That, that one's funny. That came up today too. Like, I'm going to ultimately be pushed into one of those, I think. And I really hate the topic with everything in me. Mm -hmm. I'll do it, but I just, I, I really hate it. Uh, but I'll do it. So anyway, we use that NLT. I think it's the one of the best translations that uh, for general understanding. It's not going to be your study Bible. It should not be your Bible that you dive deep into study, but it's definitely um, a very close version uh, of modern day English to what the original text says. Sure. So. And we love it that. for the kids. It very much reads we, in like yeah, a they, story form. Yeah, it's great form. for the kids, yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it, but it doesn't take away from the text like something like the message or something oh, like that does. Yeah. So that's why that's why we, we use this. Uh, so given a little background on John before we start. John is one of two direct eyewitness accounts of Christ out of the four Gospels which would be the two would be Matthew and John were the two that actually walked with Jesus on earth. So you get that real personal, intimate. And while the book of Mark or the gospel of Mark was basically Peter's account. So, I mean, you, you get an eyewitness, you know, but Mark is written very fast paced and, and, and it's very, very, very short and to the point. But uh, John here is written from a very, very intimate point of view. We know it's the, the disciple whom Jesus loved is the way that it's referred to. So this, this was one of, you know, this is Jesus' most trusted disciple. You know, he has a soft spot in his heart for him. You know, there's no one greater, of course, in the kingdom, but... You know, Jesus was human too. And, you know, he was, you know, we have this closeness to people. You know, we have friends and then we have good friends, you know, that, that you know, we know that exact feeling. So John was one of those that was just, you know, I really love that guy. So it's a, it, it's a cool perspective uh, from that way. And this was written towards the Towards the end of John's life, it was written around the same time. <clears throat> excuse me, that the letters of John, First, uh, Second, and Third John, were written because they they both kind of have the same tone, and they were both most likely written from Ephesus after the destruction of the temple, and they had John had taken residence in Ephesus, which is modern day Turkey now, but he had taken up residence in there, and most likely wrote his gospel and the letters from Ephesus um, yeah, before he was obviously imprisoned and exiled to the island of Patmos and had revelation given to him. So this was before all that, though, and this is, um, you know, a very seasoned guy at this point. You know, he's kind of, he's kind of went from that, you know, um, uneducated fisherman to now this, you know, um, this, I, I 
hate to say the word, but this great apostle, you know, this, you know, this just this this elder, I guess we should say, um, is it, it refers to it. He refers to an elder later on too, um, but we can see uh, the transformation of that. So it gives an awesome, awesome perspective of Christ, and we we remember that he is he wrote his gospel for. Jews and Gentiles alike that were living in this area. So he's acknowledging a lot of things that would be Jewish arguments or Jewish. Because, you know, like in the beginning here, um, he gives this beginning where you're like, well, why would he say that? Well, this 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 would be speaking directly to a Jew right here, what he's saying. And this claim right here is the biggest claim that you could make as a Jew in in right here in the beginning couple of verses. So we'll start with verse 1. In the beginning the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. I do like how the ESV puts that a little better. It's, and this is verse 3 uh, in ESV. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So I like that a little bit better in the ESV just because it kind of gives you the idea that he is everything. In the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is Jesus. And that's his claim, and that's what he's saying here is he's explaining to you that this is... And he's always been. Mm -hmm. it, it it was just that he wasn't revealed until the latter times, but he's always been there since the beginning of creation. Well, and that's how and, you can literally go and preach the gospel of Christ using just the Old Testament. Sure, you know, he, absolutely, he's all absolutely, yeah, because he is he is in the the whole thing. I mean, anywhere you see in the. Uh, Old Testament where it says the angel of the Lord you see that in that's that's Christ all the way through the Old Testament mm -hmm. and that's this just packs up John's claim here it's just we didn't have this key to this puzzle mm -hmm. or they didn't have this key to this puzzle because yet. once you get this key um, of Christ of Christ everything, everything makes on. sense yeah. because now everything that Everything that Israel did, Israel's exile, um, you know, everything that was promised, everything that the prophet said, all these time, all of it points to Christ. Mm -hmm. And we see that, you know, th that everything belongs to him. He created everything. Mm -hmm. So that is a heart attack claim for a Jew right there, man. I mean, saying that I'm... Yeah, that, John kind of hits that, the ground running. Yeah, I mean, just... You have to understand how hardcore that statement is. Mm -hmm. I mean, for an for an Orthodox Jew, you know, or a, a first century Jew, for for somebody to be saying this, this was... What? <laughs> this was just mind-blowing. And I left off on three, right? You read three. So or I read three. Okay, yeah. So four. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness could never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. 
John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He came into the very world he created, but the world didn't recognize him. I love that. He came into the very world that he created. Well, I mean, look at most of us have this like Sunday school understanding of creation, right? Where God speaks the things into existence and the little animals show up and, you know, all these different things. And it's like John's saying here that that was Christ. Right. Right. Everything that we think of in our head, you know, we we pray to God. You're praying. Yes. Yes. It's Jesus. Yes. Yes. I mean, I'm identifying God the Father, obviously, as sovereign, but... As John says in the beginning, that everything that you see, everything that was made, was made mm-hmm. through the through Christ. So he is, I mean, the statement of just he came into the world that he created. Mm-hmm. That's so all of these created things that we know and understand in our human attempt to mm-hmm. know and understand. You know, to to speak, to do, to to see, you know, all of it is mm-hmm. through Christ. But I don't think we quite usually kind of grasp the totality of that statement, I guess. Right. Yeah, no, we don't. And the fact that we have it in, you know, that we have it in, in true human form. Mm-hmm. In perfect human form. Yeah. And I don't think we realize how important that is. Because Jesus came, so all of all of the prophets and all of the books of the Old Testament that were pointing towards Christ were fulfilled in Him, and it actually happened. Mm-hmm. And if He came once, He's coming again. So that means that that's that's also going to happen soon. He already came once, so mm-hmm. it's imminent that He's coming again. Oh, completely. And it didn't seem like there was going to be this huge long ridiculous amount of time in between that and i don't count a thousand year or two thousand years as a ridiculous amount of time i think that's no and i mean that's why peter says that you know don't think that his timing is the same that are it is ours because it's not a thousand years to him is like a day so when you think of it in that way and that we know that he's being slow to fulfill he's not being slow to fulfill his promise he's being patient so once we see that we realize that it's it's not that that long a time but all of that to say that you know that jesus is real and he came once and the exciting thing about that is we're going to see him again and, and it has to be soon he said he's coming soon and we'll get into that <laughs> i'm sure here too but before we go into uh verse 11 this is really really important here for our kingdom study so we're going to want to maybe underline highlight and let me talk a little bit about this real quick here verse 11 and 12 he came to his own people and even they rejected him okay his own people were the jews Christ came as a savior for the Jews and they rejected him. Israel rejected him by not believing that he was the promised Messiah. So once Israel rejected him, 
well, we found out in the letters that we you know, that we went through, if you listen to our previous Bible studies, that they God didn't want because they disobeyed God. God didn't just toss them to the side. He didn't throw them away, and he said, "Okay, you're bit you're you're basically on timeout." So now is the time, going into 12 here, verse 12, but to all who believed in him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. So he gave that right to the Gentiles. Jews are also allowed to come into salvation through Christ. Mm -hmm. It was offered to them first. However, this kingdom that we're going to be talking about here was offered to Israel, and they rejected it. So if Israel would have re- accepted the Messiah, we would have started the millennial reign of Christ right then and there. Nearly 2,000 years Nearly ago. Nearly 2,000 years ago, but they didn't. So we're in Which this... Which the Old Testament knew they wouldn't, thus correct. the almost two different ideas, ideas of, of a Messiah. Messiah. Correct. Yeah. Because a suffering you have servant a, and correct. a righteous warrior. Correct. Which... I'm pretty sure we probably got into that in our Isaiah ones too. Mm-hmm. If not, we'll we'll have to go through those chapters in Isaiah. Maybe that'll be my only chapter I'll study. Maybe I'll just do those. And I don't agree with those ever, but those those chapters in Isaiah are very unique mm-hmm. just to a specific situation. So maybe I'll do that. But anyway, uh, us being the children, the being the Gentiles. So basically, this kingdom promise, these this 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 idea of God himself, the Lord himself being among his people on earth. We're not talking about heaven. We're talking about earth in in a sense heaven. Um, but we're talking about um, Christ actually coming to what we know here and now as earth and reigning and ruling as a king, as president, political head, reigning from Jerusalem over the whole world in this original time period intended as in was in the beginning in the garden where we have God along with man reigning over creation so this is a very very literal promise that is very important to understand that this this kingdom that was rejected by Israel because not it it just wasn't the fact that they didn't just believe in Jesus. That's what we learn in church is that okay, Israel didn't believe in Jesus. Well, that's it. Well, yeah, yeah, there's but there's a lot more to it <laughs> and that's yeah. what this whole idea of this um this this perfect amazing time uh, that every new age thing looks forward to you know we all look to peace on earth and love and under one so, you know we all mm-hmm. we all have this idea of it you know this this just bliss of of you know mother nature being perfect and you know all of this I, well all of this is that's all a satanic lie to explain what the kingdom of Christ actually is um, and it's a very I know this is kind of probably alien for a lot of people because you've been taught 
either in weird, crazy ways, you've been taught by somebody who isn't sure even what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. And, you know, honestly, there's only a couple really, really good teachers that talk about this, this topic specifically, but it's so monumentally huge. Because you're dealing with a time period from from revelation of a thousand year period of time that all points back to this time of perfection prophesied by the prophets in the Old Testament um, and, and fulfilling promises to the, the nation of Israel and him also having those outside of his flock uh, of Israel, which would be the Gentile and the whole world. Um, and the Lord um, reigning in the world come you know coming out from Jerusalem so uh, it's it's just mon monumentally huge because that's our next step that we're looking for we have of course we have the, the rapture of the church which I will go into more on a separate podcast um, which would be a believers uh, next event Mm -hmm. that is we going to, to occur we don't know when I, I hope tomorrow I hope tonight I hope right now before we're done with this but I don't know um, but that's the next event that's going to happen the second part of that though is um, the time that Jesus speaks of here uh, in later in the chapters of John where we have his second coming uh, to earth would be the second event and that second coming is what triggers off this kingdom period that was prophesied in the old testament we return back to a perfected earth uh, but it, it, it still is necessary that he fulfills these promises to israel very literally in the same arena that he was seemingly defeated in Right? Because he was seemingly defeated, as you said. That's why you get this idea of two different messiahs in the Old Testament. You have the suffering servant. and Well, we also see in Isaiah that it's he's going to appear that he accomplished nothing. Yeah. Okay, he's going he's gonna to die out. He's going to appear Which, if you look that he in accomplished his 33 nothing. years of life, what he did here on this earth. It, but then we also have this, this righteous God coming from the sky, coming down, swinging his sickle with righteous judgment and coming and making Jerusalem and the whole world um you know perfect in this just you know beautiful you know this this period of of opportunity one last chance one opportunity to show that even with the most perfect environment, everything that we have, even then our human flesh still cannot yep. completely obey God. So just showing our true reliance on God too, this this whole period of God, uh, another period of God's grace, showing how much we rely on our actual Creator because we we can't do anything even in the in even in the most perfect environment. Mm -hmm. We, we fail again, just like we did the first time. Um, not, be careful with the way that I say that, but anyway. So this this period is, 
is what we talk about when we say that okay israel rejected this so it was put on timeout until the fullness of the gentile comes in and then the the israel goes through the final refining the final tribulation period uh, before they are they are delivered from this period of time so that's that's a long version of and why i told you that this was going to go in a very different direction from our normal bible studies because this just is going to go go in with those so anyway verse 13 they are reborn not with physical birth resulting from human passion or plan but a birth that comes from god so the word became human and made his home among us he was full of unfailing love and faithfulness and we have seen his glory the glory of the father's one and only son john testified about him when he shouted to the crowds this is the one i was talking about when i said someone is coming after me who is far greater than i am for he existed long before me from his abundance we have all received one gracious blessing after another for the law was given through moses but god's unfailing love and faithfulness came through jesus christ no one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God. He is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. He means that in a the no one has ever seen in a complete way. God has been revealed to us through Christ, but no one has seen God himself. Sorry, everybody at Bethel. <laughs> All right. In case you haven't been watching our apostasy stuff, yeah. people at that church claim many crazy things. Verse 19. This was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders sent priests and temple assistants from Jerusalem to ask John, Who are you? He came right out and said, I am not the Messiah. <laughs> well then, who are you? They asked. Are you Elijah? No, he replied. Are you the prophet we are expecting? No. Then who are you? We need an answer for those who sent us. What do you have to say about yourself? John replied in the words of the prophet Isaiah, I am a voice shouting in the wilderness. Clear the way for the Lord's coming. Then the Pharisees who had been sent asked him, If you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet, what right do you have to baptize? John told them, I baptize with water. But right here in the crowd is someone you do not recognize. Though his ministry follows mine, I am not even worthy to be his slave and untie the straps of his sandals. This encounter took place in Bethany, an area east of the Jordan River where John was baptizing. The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He is the one I was talking about when I said, A man is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. I did not recognize him as the Messiah, but I have been baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John testified, I saw the Holy Spirit descending like a dove from heaven and resting upon him. I didn't know he was the one, but when God sent me to baptize with water, he told me, the one on whom you see the Spirit descend and rest is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I saw this happen to Jesus, so I testify that he is the chosen one of God. Okay, so right there we almost go into a separate John account of Christ there. 
which would be John the Baptist. It's almost like a uh, he writes it like a first person account of what John the Baptist saw, what God told him, and that he basically testified to this being the true Son of God, which again, very very big in the Jewish world. Yeah. <laughs> Verse 35. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. And Jesus walked by. John looked at him and declared, Look, there's the Lamb of God. When John's two disciples heard this, they followed Jesus. Jesus looked around and saw them following. What do you want? He asked them. They replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Where are you staying? Come and see, he said. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon when they went with him to, to the place where he was staying, and they remained with him the rest of the day. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of these men who heard what John said and then followed Jesus. Andrew went to find his brother Simon and told him, We have found the Messiah, which means Christ. Then Andrew brought Simon to meet Jesus. Looking intently at Simon, Jesus said, Your name is Simon, son of John. But you will be called Cephas, which means Peter. Cephas in Aramaic is rock. So, when Jesus calls Peter his rock. That's where we get there. There we go. Um, God frequently changes people's name, even in the Old Testament, <laughs> yeah, to you see that. identify calling. Abram to Abraham. Yeah, so it's like pretty weird. Why do you? Why is Jesus walking around being all right? You're not you anymore. Well, and, <laughs> I mean, look at how we have things with it. Like, I feel like sometimes people get so hung up on this thing right here, like it's so weird. It's like we have nicknames and other names we call people, right? Like, yeah. If you let's just say you're in the military, it's a common. I mean, really, among any men's group, really, I feel like it's very big. But if you, if your husband, you know, was in the military. Him and the guy, like, the guys probably have a different name that they totally yeah, call, call him, him by yeah. than, like, his childhood friends. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's not that weird. Um, but I feel like sometimes that's people that are like, what? Wait. You know, and that's, like, such a big thing to get hung up on. But, I like, I really don't think it is. It's a really cool thing for Jesus to give you a nickname. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Verse 43. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathanael. Can anything good come from Nazareth? Feel that way about our hometown. Come see for yourself, Philip replied. Yeah, it's very, very true. Nazareth was... Uh, Definitely a uh, lower, I guess middle to lower class uh, area. And it, it definitely was a little bit rougher than, a little bit less refined. Mm -hmm. He wasn't in the, uh, the well-to-do part of society. It was not. 47. As they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. How do you know about me? Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree before Philip found you. 
Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, Do you believe this just because I told you I had seen you under the fig tree? You'll see greater things than this. Then he said, I tell you the truth. You will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. All right. Um, right there at the end of that, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. I tell you the truth. You'll see the angels of God going down on the Son of Man. That's, again, this is all very, very Jewish. And we go back to the Old Testament to Genesis 28, the Jacob's Ladder. And what Jesus is saying here is he's going to be a greater access to God. Or he is the greatest access to God. Even greater. The stairway. Right, greater than the stairway. He is, he is the stairway. So he is the, the fulfillment of, of that. Um, again... Uh, Nathaniel exclaiming, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. This is uh, another Jewish confirmation of you are the promised Messiah from the Old Testament. Then we have the first uh, real big display of Jesus' divinity here where he tells Philip that he saw him under the fig tree before mm -hmm. he saw him. Yeah. So you see that where he's just acknowledging that he's got supernatural well, yeah that knowledge. wasn't a psalm like i glanced over and saw what you were doing right and so now i'm saying it right like, there's yeah. no human reason why i would have saw that that's why he said on 50 he said do you believe this just because i told you i saw, i had seen you under the fig tree mm -hmm. so that was the end of chapter one i made it through one chapter in 35 <laughs> minutes so we might have to do, we had gone down to doing two, we started off doing three chapters, a podcast, then two, might have to just do one. But there's a lot here in these, and they're longer chapters. There's a lot to, um, and we could honestly spend like hours upon hours on this. So I think you did a pretty good job um, doing it in 30 minutes, but yeah, there's a lot to go in there. Yeah. I guess we could shorten it down to one chapter. Yeah. Then we're not missing stuff. You're not having. Yeah. Then I'm not having to cut anything short or worry about anybody's yeah. time and if any. So. So hopefully you guys enjoyed um, kind of the first little intro here into John. And yeah. Hopefully again, I know it for new people. This this might kind of sound all over the place, and maybe we'll go ahead and like label this a little bit different Bible study. Probably not. I don't think it's as maybe big not. of a deal as you're making it. No, it's not. But I like I said, it was more directed towards some some things that we've been working on. If you're not, if you ha if you've been here for a while, um, opposed to new people coming and trying this. If you think so, maybe. I think you're calling out the stuff that's right here under everybody's noses that nobody wants to I actually agree. call out I mean, and pay yeah, attention to. I, I mean, I agree with that. That's what I'm trying. Yep. All right, guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And Lord willing, we will be back tomorrow with probably just chapter two. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. Bye.